This episode of UK Low Carb Podcast is sponsored by Deliciously Guilt Free. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to UK Low Carb. This is a special series with Nicola Howard, a good friend of mine, where we talk about the relationship. The relationships that we have with food, whether it's physical, psychological, spiritual, societal and even environmental. Join us each Tuesday as we talk about a different topic in this field. And if you want to be part of the conversation, then you can join our Facebook group, UK Low Carb. Or you can ask Nicola Howard anything you wish in our live session at the end of this series. I'll now hand over to Nicola Howard. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Tuesday episode with the wonderful Nicola Howard. And we are discussing, well, many different things, really. It's about the relationship, not only to ourselves, but we're going to go a bit bigger than that. So just as a quick recap before I say hello to Nicola, uh, we're talking about our relationship with our physical uh, our psychological and our spiritual sort of sides of ourselves. Um, and it's been really good so far the, the last few weeks doing that with her. And today we're going to go a bit more macro, a bit bigger, uh, and talk about another topic. So I just want to say a massive welcome again to UK Low Carb. Nicola, um, welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Dan. It's amazing to be here. It's great, isn't it? And I think the fact we did those three episodes, I really felt I learned a lot there. Um, mm. But we're going a lot bigger than just the individual today, aren't we? We're going oh, pretty yes. pretty massive. So what's our topic today, Nicola? Our, our topic is effectively our ecology, which is not just about um, nature and whatever. It, 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 using the word ecology means your environment, your existence and the world that you live in be that planetary or, or whatever. So we're, we're going huge today. Okay, massive. So the environment around us is yeah. kind of like, I suppose, in a nutshell. So, okay, so where do you want to go first with this then? Because so far we've talked about how our relationship with food is a very complex one. It is not just chemical. It is not just psychological. It is also an element of spiritual and the, the metacognition as well. But yeah. where do you start with something like this? This is so huge, isn't it? Well, th this is actually quite a logical leap from the spiritual because okay. we get to make choices and our choices affect our ecology. Okay, so yep, like that. So as individuals, we get to make choices. As societies, we get to make choices. As a planet, dare I say, we are also making choices. And that all knocks on to where we are right now. And there is a whole bunch of stuff that is conflicting, is horrific that we we is the topic for a totally another podcast about world politics, um, climate change, um, how we are treating each other as both individuals and as countries and societies. But I think where we want to focus on today is specifically around food ecology. There'll probably be a tiny bit of climate change in there as well because they do impact on each other. But I definitely think starting with how we view our food and our food sources, how the first world and the third world, I always wondered whether there was a second world, um, yeah, how they yeah. differently treat things, how the first world is dominating the third world and making them change, which is making them sicker. There's a whole bunch of really juicy stuff we can get into here. Wow, because when you think about the environment and ecology with regards to food, the vegan debate is huge, isn't it? And I was away actually in Bath over this weekend, 
And um, when I was there, I was talking to somebody who, and, and okay, I, I'm not the sort of, I've got social skills to realize there's times to have a good old debate and there's other times when you keep your mouth uh-huh. shut and you just smile. Um, yeah. And this lovely, lovely person was saying that, you know, he he's trying to cut back on his meat for the environment. That was his main argument. And I thought, oh, where do I start on that? Because it's, it's made so black and white by the vegan yes. side of yes. the debate, isn't it? Um, yes. Now let's start with, we know that, for instance, there are things in industrialized farming of meat which is bad for the environment and can be made mm-hmm. better. Yep. However, there's also the same on the other side with regards to veganism, stripping the earth uh, of mm-hmm. nutrients and actually the soil levels are going yes. down. So yes. wh- where do we start with this topic and, and what would be a healthier balance, do you think, with our food and the environment? Okay, so so this is where I put myself above the parapet, saying that I believe that the vegan propaganda we are currently being um, given is one of the most harmful things we can do for our human ecology. Because as a species, we are predator. We have eyes in the front of our head. We have pointy teeth. We have a scavenger level of acid in our stomachs. We do not produce cellulase, as in the the ruminants do, that that, that eat the plants. Um, We do produce um, elastase, which is something that is an enzyme we evolved specifically to dissolve animal sinew. We produce amylase and we produce lipase and and we produce protease, which are the three things that point to me. This digestive system we have, which is effectively very short as well, which is is about sort of on that dog dog shortness of level, not on the ruminant hugely long. Mm -hmm. We are omnivorous by our evolution. I, I would possibly go so far to say with the teeth records, we preferred animals, but of course we ate whatever we could eat. We survived. We have grinders as well as rippers, which says to me, we evolved eating everything and anything even. And and we got very, very fussy about what we now choose to call food. So where the vegans, and I agree 100% with veganism in that factory farming is an abomination and it needs to die. It is not sustainable for the ecology of the planet because, as you say, um, we are ruining our soil bacteria, and that's the thing yep. that keeps us alive, as well as the bees with the nicotinamide pesticides. Um, the bees are what fertilize the crops, and the soil bacteria are what allows our plants to actually grow. So, yeah. that, And where we've got monocropping of corns and, and grains, that theoretic, the vegans say, well, why are we feeding those to the animals? Why don't we feed them to ourselves? I actually agree with that. Corn is not fit food for cows. They get sick and then we have to give them antibiotics and then that gets into our food chain. That is all seven shades of wrong. Yeah. So, but what the problem is with monocropping as well is, of course, as you say, it ruins soil bacteria. It's depleting the soil. So we're then putting in fossil fuel fertilizers and they aren't going to last forever. Yeah. Once we run out of that stuff, pardon my language, we're screwed. Um, because we will no longer be able to make the earth give us the crops. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if we're using sustainable methods of polyculture farming where we're farming an amount of vegetables, we're farming our animals in bits that you can't plough, up yep. on hills, and, and I love, um, oh, Gareth, what's his name, talking about sheep farming in Britain about, well, yeah, we put the sheep on the hills where you can't grow things. The sheep turn the grass, the heathers, the small bushes into tasty protein that we as humans and 
technically other predators as well. If we had predators, if wolves were still in this country, they'd be eating sheep. Um, they could eat. We can now eat the stuff that they've converted for us. That is the circle of life, which another th- I think another thing that vegans forget about and possibly most of humanity. Yeah, yeah. We are not separate as a species from every single other species on this planet. Just because we've developed language and building and, and spoons and, and processing and factories and all this thing doesn't mean we aren't at our basic level an animal. Yeah. And I love how um, Leah puts it, Leah Keith, for something to live, in fact, she says, for someone to live, someone has to die. The bacteria eat the things that die on the ground. Um, the the scavengers scavenge the things. The birds of prey eat the small mammals. We should be eating the larger ruminant mammals. And then eventually when we die, we should be feeding the bacteria again. And we don't. We extract ourselves totally. We stick ourselves in wooden boxes and we embalm ourselves, which means we can't be broken down to feed the circle of life. Yeah which actually offends me quite deeply. I'm, I'm, I'm vaguely planning on how I can put myself back in back in the soil without interference. But, that, I mean, that's a, a problem for a probably 20-year-old. This time me, that yeah. is another podcast. <laughs> but, but in terms of our ecology, as a species, we are utterly wrecking the planet right now. And we need to stop. And we're utterly wrecking ourselves because we're wrecking the planet. And that needs to stop too. See, I agree with all of that, but then the, the problem is the debate comes down to, well, in that case, be a vegan, and that's what annoys me. It's almost like this black and white, and I know you've just broken that down really well to say, actually, that is not necessarily the answer because actually in terms of the environment, it's not going to make things better. Um, but how can we make the argument clear as to what a healthy lifestyle and a healthy food system is? I mean, what would, what would your ideal food system be in that case to then make sure that we had a better relationship with our planet? Well, taking a slight sideways into the being vegan argument, the militant vegans are actually one of their reasons is because being a vegan causes fertility issues. And there are too many of us on the planet. So if we all did actually go vegan, there'd be less of us. We wouldn't be causing so much of environmental impact. We would actually kill ourselves off as a species because we would have fertility problems, which, of course, then farmer would medicate around and they'd make a shitload of money because that would be seen as a, as a problem to solve with, with me- me- medical science rather than, well, yeah, just eat the food that's ancestrally appropriate and we can have fit people. Um, but in terms of what is a, a, I believe is a sustainable way, I've not contributed to overpopulation. I've chosen to be child-free. I know that's not for everybody, but I see that as one way we can help the planet by not replacing ourselves. Mm-hmm. There's also, as I say, that using polyculture, using regenerative farming methods where we grow long grasses with deep roots for ruminant animals to feed on. You can also, when you're rearing ruminants, you can also rear chickens, you can rear pigs, you can do it on what's called marginal land, so hills and the edges of forests. And pigs will quite happily, they are they are pretty much like us, they're omnivorous. They will eat anything. They eat yeah. animals and they eat plants. Yeah. Um, when I was a kid, I don't know if you're where they were, but there was always a pig bin in the school where we scraped our plates into and it got sent oh, off to right. the yeah, that's, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, that got stopped when we had the, uh, I think it was foot and mouth when they decided we really right. shouldn't be doing that. But there's nothing to say we can't do things like that. Everybody kept a pig in their back garden. Everybody kept rabbits. Everybody kept chickens. Wow. 
Wow. Um, because we effectively, we we asked people to farm vegetables for us and we kept things that produced protein for us. And and there were far fewer of us. And, yeah. and that I'm only talking 50, 60 years ago. This is the bit between the First and the Second World War. You know what also just makes me think, though, that the way the supermarkets work is unbelievably poor, isn't it? Because Mm. they fill their shelves, so they're always full. Um, Of course, pandemics may change that at at brief times. But generally, they fill their shelves, so they're always full. That means the wastage is unbelievable. I mean, the amount that goes into landfill, which then can't be used to feed the homeless or poor people because they say of health and safety, and so it gets chucked away. That that is really, that's just not, that's not acceptable at all, is it? No. In in terms of the con- the culture we have created is one of epic waste. I yep. think something like forty percent of all produced food goes to landfill, and that is just. And someone I'm sure in the in the in the show in the comments will will stat check me on that. Um, but it is incredibly high percentage, which I again I think that's disgusting. I know I try and eat every single thing I buy, and I'm feeling very guilty because there's a packet of liver in my fridge that I didn't open in time, and it's gone off, and it's been sitting in the fridge because it's going to smell when I open it, and I've been ignoring it. <laughs> but, but generally speaking, I make sure everything in my fridge gets eaten. I buy local. I buy it from the UK, Ireland at a stretch. Yeah. Yes, I've been buying avocados. They come from Israel. But generally speaking, I try and keep it within the country. Um, and definitely when I was carnival for those two years, everything came from the UK or Ireland at a stretch. Yeah. Um, and I know as a complete aside, I've discovered for my own personal ecology, I need to go back there because vegetables are not making me feel as good as not eating vegetables. But again, that's the uh, Yeah, I remember you saying this before, actually. And I think yeah. I'm similar to you that I'm certainly, I honestly believe that we, we actually have individual food plans for ourselves. And I think uh-huh. it's important we understand that. But for me personally, I think you can relate to this. When you go slightly more carnivore, you feel healthier. And yeah. certainly more more yourself actually. Whereas when you yeah. go to more vegetable, well, I, I find this as well. Um, I, I just it just isn't as good for me. Um, that's all yeah. I'll say. Um, and I think yeah. yeah, I've learned that the hard way. I think that what you said there is very interesting about where your food comes from as well, because I try to eat seasonally and uh, mm-hmm. as much as I can. And one of the things I certainly realise is that you know it, it it annoys me when people are eating asparagus in the winter. Um, you know, and, you, and it comes and, from Peru and it doesn't and it, taste yeah. good. And it's flown around the world. It's been in aeroplanes. And you think, well, hang on a minute. Why don't we instead try to eat the seasonal vegetables that are there? If you want to eat vegetables, you know, I I, I actually make a point of eating asparagus in May and June because that mm-hmm. reminds me of my childhood growing up in Norfolk. Um, and it's and it's lovely because I think, you know, this is a celebration now of this food in this season. But the fact that we are so spoiled, we can eat anything we want, whenever we want. And it's become the norm. That's the problem. Yeah. It becomes so normal that to not have that, which I, I suspect will be the case one day, people will then start really feeling the impact of. Mm-hmm. Um, I read this book called Hungry um, by a lady called Eve Toro Paul, and I really recommend it. And she just said she thinks in 20 years they're going to look back and say, we are idiots what we're doing with regards to our land, the way we're, we're farming it, and the way we're shipping in stuff from around the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would completely agree with that statement. And I am so pro seasonal eating. And I, I remember when I was a kid, I love swede. You could only get swede in winter. You didn't have it during the summer. Yeah. I've just eaten some swede and it's what, August? 
Yeah, well, that feels like winter. (laughs) Don't get me. That's a whole other topic about how how, how rubbish our our season is right now. Yeah, well, although I'm saying that, it does relate, unfortunately, to the environment, doesn't it? That's the thing. It's changing. Yeah. Yeah. You then bounce backwards, upwards around how we are treating the planet. And again, going back into the meat thing about, oh, it's the cow's fault that we've got a problem. Therefore, we must reduce our farming. But if you look at, um, I think it's 130, 140 years ago when the buffalo on the plains in the middle of the, the states, there were, I believe it is something like 10 times the amount of buffalo wandering around the Great Plains. And there are, there are now cows in America being dairy farmed or meat farmed. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they are, it, it, I believe it might, I'm sure it's tenfold, if not a hundredfold more buffalo. Wow. And they were just wandering around, crapping all over the place as cows do with their yeah. with their cow pats, producing methane, um, than we we have right now. And it's sort of this la 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 thing about what well, we're ignoring: plane output, factory output, fossil fuel. Um, we're releasing carbon from di- dead dinosaurs, yeah. um, and we're putting it into the atmosphere. That carbon was sequestered by the Earth for a blooming good reason. Yeah, and and we are now bringing it all back and, again, affecting our ecology. Now, yes, I will admit that fossil fuels are fantastic for what we've done, but it's not going to last, Yeah, which is, again, looking at using sustainability. You can farm and rear cows in fields that have got um, wind turbine things in them because yeah. the cows just munch around the bottom. Yeah, 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 you can't, true. You can't use land. Yeah, yeah that's very good use of land. Dual, dual use of land. And of course, we've then got solar, and we've got wind and and um, wave, and and there's a massive amount of things that we don't yet use. And of course, s- s- the the sun is going to be here way, I suspect, after we have, have devolved and disappeared, because uh, I think we are actually heading. We we are really at a tipping point in terms of our ecology. Mm-hmm. We are going to be if we don't change now, we are going to kill ourselves, and it will probably take about 50, 60 years humanity will die out we will no longer be the dominant species on the planet because we've kicked so much rubbish into the atmosphere we won't be able to survive but there will be too many of us we'll all starve because of course the fossil fuel fertilizers will run out in about 80 years and and there will be massive depopulation we can either do it gently and nicely and look after ourselves or we can have massive suffering and quite frankly i think we're heading (sighs) for the latter Oh, this one's gloomy. This one's really, really gloomy. Yeah. It is, you know what? There's a point, isn't there, when um, I don't know what age you get to and you realise this, but there's a point where suddenly, and I've had this recently, you think, hang on a minute, there aren't any adults running the show. I am one of the adults. There's not There's not somebody There's not somebody I'm going to look to, well, certainly not Boris Johnson but or Donald Trump previously in the States, but you think, mind you, Biden after this weekend, um, but you sort of think, Oh my God, where are the adults? I am one of the adults. I've got to step up and do something. And well, and it's, again, it's shocking. That brings it down to our own personal ecology within the wider field. And then we'll talk, I mean, we're going to talk next week about societal ecology yeah. and the way that works. Um, but in terms of the choices we make, and yes, it seems really daft not using plastic straws, using paper straws, um, recycling as much as we can, although there's a whole thing about recycling isn't as wonderful as we have been sold about it in terms of the plastics. Yeah. But there's a whole bunch of stuff that we as consumers that have the money can demand of the people that are producing 
to say, hey, do this better. Yeah, totally agree. Well, I'll tell you what, let's let's end it there then in that case, Nicola. Um, next week, like you say, then we'll come on to the societal and also, I guess also, like you say, in the free market as well and our and our role in that and what we can do. Uh, so um, yeah. thank you so much for today. I think that was really interesting. Um, a really, really heavy topic that, but really mm. important and very much the, the biggest topic that's facing the world right now. I mean, you know, you talk about Brexit and all those things, and of course they're important, but politically it's the environment. That is the most important thing. Thing we need to work on, isn't it? Yeah. Brexit is just effectively part of wider ecology. It, it's it's all about how we treat each other as humans, human to human, yeah. as well, and that then reflects upwards, downwards, sideways, wherever. And and where we aren't treating each other well, human to human, that reflects. Yeah, love that. Thank you, Nicola. Have a great week, and I'll see you next Tuesday. Absolutely.